listening to the Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that COVID-19 is going to get worse before it gets better. There is no reason to panic. Don't freak out. But are you ready? Ask yourself. Are you set up? Do you have the stuff at home? And I'm not talking about hoarding toilet paper. But are you prepared for what might happen socially? Are you prepared for the Leafs to play to just an empty arena? The Raptors, if you got tickets to a Raps game coming up, just like, well, can't go. You ready for that? Are you ready to work from home? Have you got your home all set up? Could you work from home? Could you survive two weeks with no paycheck if that's what you have to do, if you're an hourly wage earner? All of these questions, I think, are swirling around for everybody in Ontario right now. And there's so much attention on our levels of government both Toronto, the province, nationally. And are we getting the answers that we need? Here in the House today at Queen's Park, the health minister and deputy premier was asked, what is the plan, Christine Elliott? We want the people of Ontario to know that we do have a plan that includes our hospitals, that includes all of our health workers who are doing a fantastic job as well as our public health workers right now. But we have a plan in place that's going to deal with that. Except for the details of the plan remain scant. Other than, well, we're all getting together. We have, you know, a command table. There are these regular updates that we get from public health. We get from the medical officer of health from the province and from the city. We get these updates fairly regularly. But when it comes to questions about how do we prepare as citizens, How do you and I get ready? Those details still are not being offered up. I want you to listen here. This is a question for the Premier this morning. The Premier taking some questions this morning before uh, question period. And here is Alison Jones of Canadian Press asking the Premier what the government will do when it comes to sick notes and the the need that you have to be able to give some kind of note or some kind of authentication uh, or some kind of paper to your boss to say, well, I, I can't come in to work. Here is the answer from Premier Doug Ford. Are you considering banning the practice of employers asking for sick notes, given that the government, the province, health officials are asking people in some cases to just voluntarily stay home for 14 days? Well, right right now, it's not a, a massive, massive issue what I'm hearing from the employers on, on sick days. But again, uh, we're going to monitor the situation, and we're going to support the people of Ontario. That is Doug Ford speaking this morning, talking about the necessity of sick notes to be able to take time off. And so we just still have really no direction from the government in which way this is going to go. And I understand it's, you know, it's evolving every day. It's different. Every day it gets a little bit more worrisome. And then, of course, you look at the markets this morning, and I'm just checking the markets right now. The Dow is up slightly, and the TSX is also in positive territory. And you have to ask yourself, is that just calmer heads, or is that the proverbial dead cat bounce? Premier Doug Ford also asked about uh, license plates today. I just want to play this one for you. Breaks my heart. It breaks his heart. 
it breaks his heart. We're going to talk more about license plates with uh, Martin Redcon from the uh, Toronto Star, the columnist for the Toronto Star, who has a piece about what it really means to COVID-19 that we have a government that can't seem to get the simple stuff right. And you might say, Alan, come on. Yeah, it's it's not a big deal. Certainly that is the premier's take on it. It is like, whoa, downtown elite in the bubble media all just want to concentrate on things that are bad. But there are questions to be asked about the way that this government communicates with you. When they say, well, there's nothing to see here with the license plates, no big deal. And it turns out it is a big deal and they've got to replace them. And so then you ask yourself, well, wait a minute. Now I'm asking questions about COVID-19. Am I getting the truth? Breaks my heart. My friend Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, the Director General of the World Health Organization, holding a news conference yesterday, and it happened right when we were on the air, and I want to kind of dig through a little bit of what uh, Dr. Ted had to say This one grabbed me. Tedros? Now that the virus has a foothold in so many countries, the threat of a pandemic has become very real. Okay, well, that doesn't sound good. That does not sound positive. And so now we are on the verge of something that we've been talking about for weeks, and it's kind of receded into the background as the news has changed a little bit, but pandemic that we might actually get to the point where that's actually what we have to call it because it's going to be runaway community transfer in a lot of different places. And Global oh, pandemic. Yeah, I know. I know. Remember a couple of weeks ago when we like we were playing that and Dr. Tedros was like that is not helpful. Don't say don't say global pandemic, it's not helpful. We're all in this together. Tedros, I appreciate that. And I I feel like we're all in it together. And remember last week when Toronto City Councilor Joe Cressy said that community transfer in Toronto is only a matter of time? Only a matter of time. We've seen it in North America already. number of countries have community transfer. I know we don't have it here in Toronto yet, but only a matter of time. Now listen to this. Here's Dr. Gabrezis again. Country, countries with community transmission could consider closing schools, cancelling mass gatherings, and other measures to reduce exposure. That is Dr. Gabrasis talking about what areas with community transfer might do. Cancel large groups. I go back to the Raptors. I go back to the Leafs. So many things that are coming up in, in Toronto already have been impacted. You heard about Pearl Jam postponing their tour. And Pearl Jam, part of the reasons they said they wanted to postpone is because they said they have no confidence whatsoever in the U.S. administration to actually slow things down over the next month. So Dr. Gabrez is saying that, you know, if you're going to have community transfer, you might want to start thinking about limiting large groups of people. Later on in the program, we're going to talk to Josh Matlow, the city councilor who has self-isolated. And I, he self-isolated after coming in contact with someone who confirmed to have COVID-19. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I saw him on Saturday. I'm pretty sure I saw Josh Matlow at the Liberal Convention. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure he was there. There's a lot of people there, including me. 
And there were all these awkward moments of sort of half handshakes, half fist bumps. It was really awkward. I'll talk about that with Martin Redcon a little later on in the program. But let's get back to Dr. Ted. Tedros, what are the rules in this game? The rule of the game is never give up. Never give up. I'm not gonna, I'm, I don't feel like giving up. Uh, meanwhile, in Italy, all Italians must stay home and avoid all non-essential travel after quarantine measures were extended to the whole country to stop the spread of coronavirus. There is a decree signed on Monday night. It's enforced till April 3rd. This is what is happening in Italy. Now, I'm not suggesting it's going to come here, but just keep this in mind. Just keep this in mind. Travel is only allowed for urgent, verifiable work situations or emergencies or health reasons. Companies have been asked to put workers on leave. Anyone with COVID-19 can't leave their homes for any reason. All gatherings in public spaces are banned. All sports events are canceled. Supermarkets remain open, but large shopping centers will close. Bars, thank God, can operate 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Only if people stay one meter apart. (laughs) I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to head down to Feathers. That's my local, but I'm going to take a meter stick with me. Just everybody stand back. Social distancing. Have you heard that? This is the term now. Social distancing. I'm sorry. I don't care for your social distancing right now. Step back. Step back and step off. Step off. Uh, also in Italy, schools and universities are closed. All exams are canceled. And then we have this. The most recent case in Ontario is someone who just returned from Switzerland. Now, if you are a regular listener to this program, you know that coming up in a week's time, a little more than a week, I am scheduled to go to Switzerland. I'm, it's, a, it's a bucket trip for me to go snowboarding. It's with family. And I, I, I hesitate to keep talking about it because here's the thing. I think as this thing gets worse, you know, it's going to sound pretty self-indulgent of me to be complaining about a snowboard trip if, if things get real bad. But nevertheless, because I think a lot of people are in the same boat I am in right now, thinking about their March break travel. Do you go or don't you go? And last night, I got together with my wife and my father-in-law and his wife, and this is four of the six of us that are going. And we had a conversation about it. And my father-in-law and his wife, they're going. It's like, we're going. I don't care. We're going. And they're going a week early. But I don't know. I don't know. And I think for a lot of people are in the same boat right now. You're thinking to yourself, I got this trip booked or I was thinking about going away at March break. And now I simply don't know what Tedros, what possibly is the antidote to all of this? Let hope be the antidote to fear. Oh, that's nice. I appreciate that. That is uh, Dr. Tedros Ghebreyesus, the Director General of the World Health Organization. Updates. Oh, I'm chopping at the bit to get at this. Updates on COVID-19. Dozens of workers at a Royal Bank in Canada's Mississauga Meadowvale campus are now in self-isolation at home 
after an employee there tested positive for COVID-19. And we are seeing more and more of this. People saying, all right, that's it. You've been in contact with somebody who's tested positive. It's time for you to go and self-isolate. And that exactly is what my next guest has done, City Councilor Josh Matlow, announcing yesterday that he has gone into self-quarantine, joins me on the phone. Counselor, how are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> Thanks for asking, Alan. I'm, I'm well. Um, You're good? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly aware that I've got a journey ahead of me uh, while being in self-isolation. Uh, but physically, I'm well. And, um, and, and most importantly, um, I did what I, what I hope everyone would do uh, in, in the same situation, is seek expert advice, real information, and most importantly, then act on it once you get the advice. And that's what I did. Do you have enough toilet paper? <laughs> Thank you. I do. <laughs> now, but seriously, did, did you do any stocking up prior to this? Were you prepared? Are you prepared for having to be in self-isolation for a while? Um, you know, I, I feel as prepared as, as one, I guess, could be in the situation. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't have uh, you know much uh, lead time though, uh, given that um, it, it was. It was. Uh, I found. I found out. I got a call uh, from somebody who had been in the same place as I had been, uh, alerting me to the fact that somebody uh, who was you know in their company um, had been tested positive. Uh, immediately, um, I contacted public health, sought advice, and then. I beelined it uh, for home and set up uh, uh, self-isolation in my basement. So uh, there, there, there obviously wouldn't have been any time to really prepare. And frankly, um, it, it would have been irresponsible for me to stop off uh, <laughs> anywhere on the way back, on the way back. Fortunately, I have an incredible wife uh, who, um, you know, went out and, and got me sort of you know things that I need to self-isolate and be separated from my family. Uh, including, you know, my own toothpaste, uh, you know, various things that I just need to have on my own. And uh, and, and, and she, she left it for me, uh, and then, you know, I would go and collect it wearing a mask and, and gloves. So you're in the basement for the next two weeks? Yes, yeah, that is my reality, yes. <laughs> uh, and what are you, how are you going to occupy your time down there? That's a good question. Um, well, I haven't stopped working. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's still with the wonders of technology, there's still, as, as I'm doing now with you, uh, I've got my phone, email, et cetera, and I'm, I'm still returning calls and doing whatever I can, uh, to be as functional and productive as I can, admittedly within a very small confined space. And, uh, well, of course I'd love to be out doing what I normally would do, um, I'm following expert advice, you know, and, and I know that, and by the way, our, our public health uh, team in Toronto and, and in the province of Ontario is, is doing a remarkable job. I have so much confidence in them. And just before I, I, uh, spoke, I, I started our conversation, I got a check-in, which will be daily uh, from a uh, public health nurse uh, to check in on me and make sure that uh, 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 I continue to be asymptomatic as I am. Uh, meaning that I'm I'm showing no symptoms, and therefore, um, you know, no one no one who who I had contact with should have any concerns. They're considered low risk at this point. Okay, so because uh, I have another question there quickly, because sure, I, yeah. I I I was at the Liberal Leadership Convention on the weekend. I saw a lot of people, and I can't remember. Were you there? Yes. 
You were there. Yes, and I want to get. I was, and I and I want to give you some reassurance. Okay, please. Um, so, uh, uh, on a on a personal level as well, because so you might worry too. The advice that I've received uh, directly from the medical officer of health is that their practice is when uh, there is somebody who has been tested positive, and there is somebody in you know first contact with them or close close proximity to them. Um, then, uh, then they would advise that person to uh, self-isolate, as they did with me. That being said, though, uh, given that I am asymptomatic, in other words, I'm not sneezing, I'm not coughing, I have no fever, I have no headache, I, I have none of those symptoms uh, that they would be concerned about, and if I had had any symptoms, they would want to trace back within a 24-hour period anyone who I'd come in contact with Given the fact that I'm showing those symptoms and that uh, far more than 24 hours now have gone by, uh, you can you can you know feel assured that uh, you're not you know you should you, you probably won't get a phone call from anybody telling you to do anything. But that being said, you and everybody in the public should continue to keep good hygiene, wash your hands, um, and uh, and obviously if if, if you ever uh, did have any uh, concerns call public health and make sure that you get the advice uh, that that's needed but uh, I, you know you're 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 in a low risk situation based on the advice of the medical officer of health councillor josh matlow from his basement in self quarantine thank you so much we'll uh, keep updated and we'll check in with you over the next couple of days and and weeks for sure you're very welcome to. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Councillor. Appreciate that. From Councillor Josh Matlow, we want to go to Ed Posthumus, who uh, was on the Grand Princess cruise ship and has now landed at CFP Trenton. Here's another person who is in quarantine. Ed, hello. Hello. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Uh, how was the experience getting from Oakland to Trenton? Well, as I just described to your producer, it was an adventure. A good one? <laughs> <laughs> well, adventures are good when they well, have other people and hear about them, but... <laughs> that no, sounds a little ominous, Said <laughs> No, I don't make it main, mean to make it sound that bad. Um, the, uh, the government was um, more than generous and got a plane down to us very quickly, and they ended up messing up the uh, order of disembarkation down there, and they brought up the, all the Canadians out basically first, right after the people who were uh, who required... Uh, medical attention. And so we basically got off the ship before just about anybody else. We got processed through and then uh, and then we were put on a uh, converted cargo aircraft that had seats installed, which was the adventure part. So that was a that was an interesting flight on a 747 normally intended to carry uh, freight. And and the uh, the staff on the airline, were they all completely masked and suited and gowned? Yes, yes, they were all completely masked and suited and gowned up. Um, they looked like they had done this more than once or twice. They were not actually. Uh, it was a. Uh, it was an American uh, charter company that they used. I, I'm just trying to remember the name of it off my head. I just I can't. But uh, were there movies, were, uh, snacks? What did they bring? Any no, kind of refreshment no, around? No, no, no. Well, they they had refreshments on board. Absolutely, they did have. Uh, they did have food for us, and they did have cold water for us. And they looked after us as best they could. Um, Any of those little uh, booze bottles at all? Any little scotches? That would have been good. Yeah, no, that way, what, that might have been pushing the envelope just a little. Right. But uh, no, it was. You know what? The plane was there, and we got off the ship very quickly, and and got to uh, 
Trenton here as fast as uh, as fast as physically possible. So I have no, I, I'm not going to complain about the uh, the mode of transportation. All right. So so what's in front of you now, Ed, at Trenton? Uh, two weeks of quarantine in in the uh, quarters here. So um, yeah, I don't know how else to describe it other than that. And it's fairly Spartan. We've talked to others who have been quarantined previously who'd come from the Japanese cruise ship. It's a it's a Spartan existence for two weeks. Yeah, the uh, I think the quarters here were initially set up as transient officer or senior NCO quarters, and so they're fine for a uh, a single officer here for a couple of weeks if he's doing something on base. But uh, as a married couple who's got to be in the room for the entire two weeks, yeah, it gets it's maybe not quite what you would hope for. And you said when I talked to you yesterday that you had been on this cruise to celebrate, I believe, another couple's anniversary. So there's a group of you. Yes, there's a group of us, and unfortunately, because of the way the uh, things were assigned, we actually are not uh, in the same building even. So, and are you in communication through electronics or your phones, just trying to keep in each other's spirits up? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, well, it was a, it was a very long night, and I think everybody is probably going to be. Uh, catching a fairly long nap this afternoon, so not much communication this afternoon. But, yeah, we'll see how things shake out over the course of the next couple of weeks here because we do we are allowed open air time, too. Now, technically, the buildings are supposed to be at different times, but uh, I'm sure we'll be able to figure out how to run into each other. You got a good book? You know, I can recommend a podcast. It's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I will look that up. That's it, the Alan Carter Show. It's available in all regular podcast formats. Uh, Ed Possumus will uh, leave it there. Eh? You're in Trenton in self not in self-quarantine, just in plain quarantine. And yes, we'll- we are absolutely in plain quarantine. We are not allowed to leave, and Guardia World is going to make sure that we're not going anywhere. Oh, my goodness. Well, we'll check back in with you, and uh, please take care, uh, and uh, all the best to your wife and all the other members of the group that you were traveling with. Thank you very much. Welcome back. Are you ready? Are you ready for possible self-quarantine? It may happen to you. In our last segment, we spoke with Toronto City Councillor Josh Matlow, who was informed that he had been in contact with someone who indeed had tested positive for COVID-19. And as a result, he is now self-quarantined. He's now living in his own basement for the next couple of weeks. And I think they're just, you know, his wife is lowering food down on some kind of a gurney. And that's what he's going to face. And the question has got to be, are you ready for it? Because it could possibly happen to you. Let's get you some more updates on COVID-19 as we wait for some calls. You call in, let me know, are you ready or not? And I got this one. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are going to look a lot different. Sources close to both shows telling the Associated Press today that they're banning live studio audiences to avoid the spread of the virus. Let hope be the antidote to fear. Thank you, Dr. Cabrezas. That is Tedros Cabrezas, the Director General of the World Health Organization. Just chill out a little bit. Meanwhile, Vice President Mike Prince, pardon me, is expected later today to roll out a wider mitigation strategy for places in the United States that are dealing with outbreaks. And that is a different kind of a word because... We're not really in containment, we're in mitigation in a lot of places now. A mitigation plan coming later on today. Do you have a mitigation plan? 
Let's check our phones, shall we? Mark is on the line. Mark, are you ready? I, um, I, I was saying I would not travel. Right. And I, and, but that's a bit biased because I don't have any plans to travel. Okay, now wait a right? second. What, like, you would not travel anywhere in the world? Let's just say no. I drop like no. a all-inclusive in the Mayan Riviera in your lap. No. No, no, actually, no? we've been we've been there when when our kids were younger, and um, and yeah, I'd love to go back. Um, you but, wouldn't do it. Um, no, I think, um, but you know, if if you're if you've got a lot of money on the line, uh, that that changes things, right? Like you're. Yeah. You know my you know, Switzerland like trip. Switzerland? Have you heard about my? Have yeah. you heard about oh, my Switzerland trip? Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. I am. I'm, I'm super I bummed say, about it. Tra- I would say travel. I'm, you you would tell me to go to Switzerland? Sure. I like you, Mark. I like but, you a lot. But I would not travel. Oh, um, oh wait a but, second but now. I think the bi- again, the bias is. <laughs> the bias is. You can go. I, I wouldn't do it, but go ahead. We are right. all in this <laughs> thing together. All right, thanks, Mark. I want to move on to Sam. I appreciate that. Sam is sick at home. Sam, how you feeling? Hello. You, how, how are you, Sam? You got enough toilet paper where you are? Yeah, I have I have Kleenex next to me because I'm, I'm kicking up all the phlegm. I had the cough too. All right. Okay. Um, yeah, I was in the bus last week, and this lady, so-called lady, she gets on cannonballing her cough in my face, and I said, "Cover your mouth." She did it another two times, so I jumped up and I ran to the front of the bus. Excuse me, Ed. And I said, "You have no manners. Cover your mouth." She goes, "You're a racist." I said, "What does race?" Have to do with me not wanting racism. Have to do with me wanting to die. I didn't. You know. You know. Everybody's a ra- everybody's racist. You know this. The, well, the, huh. I said I never mentioned your race, did I? Just because she's Filipino or Chinese doesn't mean that I'm a racist. I just don't want to die. And I asked her to cover her mouth. I said, "My mama brought me up. You were dragged up." And she was so angry. And she had she had no remorse. She didn't apologize. And she kept on coughing with her mouth wide open. Then she came off the bus and goes, "Thank you." I'm like, "You're acting like you're so polite to the bus driver," but yet. You're the type that spreads all kind of diseases with your ill habits, trying to act like somebody nice being a S- kiss. Sam, how long have you been at home for? Um, yesterday and today. Yeah, no, how, how's that been at work? Like, you, you got a job you're supposed to be at? <laughs> My job is full of hard knocks, just trying to stay alive, like the Bee Gees. But, um, <clears throat> no, I go to the University of AM640, and I learn all the time with you and... Um, those other two chicks, Chris Kutcher. All right. Amen to that, brother. You are a renaissance man. Thank you. Appreciate you being on the program. Thanks, Sam. That is Sam, who uh, goes to the school of hard knocks. So, but back to Switzerland, if I could, just one more time. Sheba, can you, because I get Sheba to weigh in on this almost every day. What do you think, now you've seen this news today, that someone who has come back from Switzerland to Ontario, has tested positive. We have another positive case of COVID-19 in Ontario with a Swiss connection. You have been saying that you think I will go to Switzerland at the end of March. And now? I think you should go. I'd say 55% chance. 55. You're giving me 55. If your father-in-law and his wife are going no matter what, they're going. then you guys should go. Just go. Okay, but now you, you, you know what is happening with this man who has tested positive come back he is going to be 
in self-isolation. You know, you just we just heard from Josh Matlow, I don't know if I can afford to live in my basement for two weeks. <laughs> we'll, we'll work around it. Just honestly, if there's... You're, you're th- angling to take this show. You're thinking the Shiba Siddiqui <laughs> show has got a nice ring No, my it. only concern is I'm going on vacation two weeks after you come back. So if you come back and I have to be quarantined for two weeks, there's going to be... There's going to be problems. Carter. Oh, what a right pickle we're in. We're all in a pickle. Thank you, Sheba. 55%. Uh, just to give you up an update of where we've been, uh, just a few days ago, Sheba was saying 95% that I was going to Switzerland. Now we're down, we're just over half. So uh, that's that's that. License plates, license plates, license plates. Is this an issue that really makes a difference in Ontario? This week, the Toronto Star has reported that Doug Ford personally approved those new blue-on-blue plates. And the Star also reporting that we're going to go back to the old white and blue ones, neither of which have been denied or confirmed by the government. And this morning, when asked about it by Mike Crawley from the CBC, here's what the Premier had to say about Plategate. Breaks my heart. (laughs) Guys, we're moving forward with it. And uh, we're going to have the the plates uh, back uh, out there and uh, 3M's uh, paying for it and there's zero... uh, Zero coming from the taxpayers. So that means you are going to be white then? The new I'm ones, sorry? The new ones are going to be white? Well, let's see. We're going to roll that out in the next uh, little while, and we'll, we'll give you more details. But thanks for the question, Mike. I appreciate it. I don't think he really did appreciate it, because keep in mind that last time he was asked about it, he kind of got a little hot under the collar. And when he said, breaks my heart, well, that was kind of, well, sarcastic. Martin Redcon is a Queen's Park journalist, uh, journalist with the Toronto Star, pardon me, and the columnist for the Toronto Star. And he writes in the Toronto Star today that the problem with Plategate is that it's a story people can understand. It defines Ford because it's a design he embraced. Martin joins me on the line. Hey, Martin. Good morning. Uh, so do you think this is going to stick to the government in a wider sense other than just, oh, this is just kind of a fumble that, you know, every government has this sort of thing? Let me answer your question with a question. Do you remember Chocobites? Yes. Uh, trick question, I know. But it, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was something that emerged a few years ago. It's dating us a little bit. But when the Liberals got involved in an e-health scandal, and it just never would go away. And everyone remembered that consultants billed for about a $3.50 bag of Choco Bites. And the thing about license plates is that it, it's a story people can understand. Because as the government says itself, a couple of million, two or three million are issued every year, chewed up and then reissued. So it, it's, and as the government said in its own words last year when it was issuing this and trying to make license plates a, 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 a showpiece, uh, uh, front and center in their last budget, it's a touch point. Ontarians. Now, I don't want to exaggerate this, but the government itself tried to exaggerate the importance of its new design last year. So, yes, I think this kind of a screw-up is something people can understand, especially when the government at first tried to deny there was a problem at all. All of those things are true, absolutely. I agree with you. But many of my listeners have written in and commented and said, you know, this is not a big issue. 
And certainly that is what the Premier has tried to say with this a couple of times when asked about it. It's like, nothing to see here, pun intended. Well, remember, it was a big issue last year when the government said, uh, let me quote, Alan, Ontario's new passenger and commercial license plates represent what good government is all about. That's how the government tried to frame this last year. I would be the first person to say that this is gotcha, that this is an ordinary mistake. I wasn't that interested in the story until the minister in charge tried to turn it into a political issue and say that, oh, we had these are so much better than the liberal plates. Well, they were designed by... Oh, Tory come government. on, Martin. That is, that's Lisa Thompson, who, as you know, has a serious foot-and-mouth disease. That's more about... Uh, an incompetent minister unable to communicate effectively. And still the minister in charge. It's not as if they have shuffled her out. She still speaks every day when Doug Ford doesn't in the legislature. She's the one who handles this issue. And it wasn't just her. It was the government in its budget and its former finance minister, Vic Fideli, who tried to make this into a big issue. So, look, one of the other issues about this for me. It's the way in which the government handles this as a communications issue. Because, you know, we're on the we're on the cusp of a crisis with the novel coronavirus, and communications is paramount. We've seen south of, south of the border how Donald Trump has tried to wish this away and has mishandled it. We need transparency and clarity in this kind of a crisis that's coming up. So, uh, to me, the, the, the license plate gate is mostly a case study. And I'd like to see the government learn lessons from this. We saw a more subdued premier today, as you pointed out in your clip. Last week, he was frothing about this issue. This government has been in denial. And one of the reasons Doug Ford is so privately angry, I believe, is that if he were in opposition, if he were a city councillor, if his late brother were jumping on this issue, they would be jumping up and down. It's the kind of story they always went after. Expense accounts, chocobites, that sort of thing. Do you think we'll ever get the true numbers on what it costs taxpayers? I mean, I know they're saying, well, it's no cost to taxpayers. 3M is picking it up. But we both know that there are different ways to define no cost to taxpayer. Sure. Well, there is a cost in terms of, of the recall of the plates, bringing them back in and issuing out new ones. It's a marginal cost. Uh, there's an opportunity cost, as, as economists say. You know, the government is being is tying itself into a knot with all of this. There's a lot of man hours and person hours and people hours devoted to fixing this problem. So there are costs, but it, I think it's more a cost to their or a hit to their credibility. And 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 I think it's a reminder to us that this government needs to stop being so full of itself and a little more humility would go a long way when these kinds of mistakes happen. <laughs> Humility. Uh, how are you feeling, by the way? I am feeling very well. You I all right? Stay safe, as I hope you are. Yeah, yeah you were at the Liberal uh, Convention on the weekend. You know who else was there? Tell jo- me. Josh Matlow, and he is in self-isolation now. And now I saw Alan Carter there as well. At yeah, television yeah that's right. I, so I, how much longer before you and I are all working at home, from home? Well, I think we all have to stay healthy. I have to say I tried my very best to not shake hands because I lived in Hong Kong at the time of the SARS crisis and I remember all those tricks. And i got to say, when you're in a room with thousands of political people, delegates, politicians, everyone's shaking hands. They're very tactile. So I have to say I forgot and I shook a few too many hands. 
but I tried to wash my hands as we all should. You know what happened to me about four or five times? I'd go in with like a handshake and the other person would go with like a fist bump and then we'd both switch mid like, oh, okay, wait. And then it was just super awkward. The whole, t- the whole thing was wicked awkward. A lot of footsie at political conventions these days. But the, the worst part was that the French president, our prime minister, said just hours after this convention that you and I were both at with a couple of thousand people, that France was banning any meeting with more than 1,000 people. Yikes. Yikes indeed. Martin Redcon is the Queen's Park columnist for the Toronto Star. Always great having you on the program. Thanks, Martin. Thanks. Thanks, Alan. So do you believe that that the situation with the license plates actually translates into a lack of credibility with something like COVID-19, that if this government cannot communicate effectively on something like that, if they try and blame the liberals for license plates when clearly this is a made-by-Doug-Ford problem, then does that impact the government's ability to communicate effectively and you believe what the government has to say? I want to talk very quickly about what I think the long-term impacts of COVID-19 are, because we're just in the midst of this crisis right now. We don't know what's going to happen. But I think coming out of this, there will be some very serious discussions about the kind of authority that central governments have. There will be much looking at China and China's response and the ability to just lock down entire cities. And then people will look at what happened in Italy, where they tried to lock down cities, but the word leaked out. And what happened is that people ran for the train stations and ran to the airport as fast as they could to get out in advance of the clampdown and the travel ban being put in place. And what that does is it just forces the virus to other jurisdictions. So should governments, should central governments have the kind of authority where they can just simply say, and keep in mind, when we're talking about Italy, northern Italy being locked down, and now all of Italy locked down, that's all of Ontario. That's just saying to all of the GTA, you're not going anywhere. The roads are closed. The train stations are closed. Don't go to Union Station. No, The Eaton Center is shut down. I mean, that's what we're talking about. And you have to ask yourself, if that were to happen here, and I'll tell you, that news will leak out. There is no way a government can be able to put that sort of uh, resource in place without it leaking out. Then it gets into the news. My wife actually asked me yesterday, she's a journalist as well, she said, if you knew, if I got a tip that tomorrow Ontario planned to lock down Ontario, uh, you know, lock down southern Ontario, would I report that? Absolutely I would. Absolutely. That's the job of journalists. But the question is, can a Western government, a liberal Western government, impose the same kind of measures on the populace that is clearly required in the event of a possible global pandemic? And so will we see out of this a whittling away of personal freedoms and an acceptance that we all have to say, well, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing, we, we learned from that. we got to be able to have a government that can just say, nope, the Army's here, everything's shut down, stay in your homes. And we just accept it. We have a long way to go in this story. And I think we'll leave Dr. Tedros. Dr. Tedros, if you could come back, if you could. Tedros... Gabrezas, the World Health Organization Director General, 
with a comforting word, please, if you would. Let Thank you. hope be the antidote to fear. Let hope be the antidote to fear. So hope that it'll get better. But plan that the fact of the matter is you may end up like Josh Matlow, working from your basement for the next couple of weeks. It might happen to you. That doesn't mean be scared about it. That means be prepared. We're all in this together. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. Dr. Ted Brooks.